Go. What is going on, everybody? How y'all doing today? Welcome to another episode of the Brothers Podcast. Give it up for yourselves. Because in a world full of hate, who's going to do it for you? I'm your host, Dante Chase Bridges, a.k.a. Dante Chase Bridges. Never needed an a.k.a. Along with my co-host. Well, you had a couple of a.k.a.s before in the past. Okay, well, could you get back on present? And I am Stephen City P. Watson, and together that would make us... The Brothers. Listen, you already know what's about to happen. Yes. We can cut out all of the semantics. We can stop with all the pleasantries. Tonight, we are going to go into the topic of dealing with R. Kelly and the controversy... That is spinning all around him. Because this is a real, real, real thing that has literally gripped and broken the internet for over about a week now. Mm-hmm. And we would know about it because being in Chicago, in the Chicagoland area, we have had firsthand experience about this situation. South side? Southwest side. So we know about this situation. But that being said, we're just going to get into a tatty, tiny little bit of something we like to call town hall business. We ain't even going to say it like that. We're just going to say going to get into some town hall business. What's it? So you got somebody you want to shout out, brother? Well, let's might as well start off by shouting out our residential DJ, JMC, who's, also, who's giving the night off tonight because we want to take this seriously. But he's still showing up here in support, <laughs> trolling us subliminally. Mm-hmm. But he's still here because you know, he he's bored. Mm-hmm. Um... Shout out also to everybody that's currently watching us. Yarell, Daron Thomas, Philip Bigner Brown, Chris Saikaji Brown, uh, Keisha Hudson, our number one fan. She's always here every week with us. Um, who else are us watching? Well, basically anybody who's tuning in right now, thank y'all. Um, you want to shout out our affiliates? Yeah, man. Shout out our affiliates. Shout out to WIAN Radio, syndicated in Memphis, Tennessee. Shout out to you. Shout out to iHeartRadio. Shout out to Spotify. Shout out that gave us a platform to stand on, UBM and Scene Chicago Magazine. And shout out to all the people that like what we do. Shout out to the people that love what we do. And shout out to the people that share it. And that's why I'm saying this. If you like the comments that you're hearing today, go on and hit that like button. Mm-hmm. If you really digging them, Go and share it. And if you really loving this commentary, go and tell your mama and them. All right? Yes. So with that being said, you got anybody? Uh, I think we're about ran out because I guess when we say you like this commentary, that might change a little bit tonight. Mm. All right. But we just going we gonna to hit it. Before, <coughs> you know, he's dramatic. so. And I'm also a little bit. I'm just getting over being a little bit under the weather too. So okay. So what we're going to do now is to dive into this topic. Okay. Now, the one thing that I believe me and my brother wants to do that we all need to do as people, as a community, I think we need to acknowledge the emotional effect of what this case is about, mm-hmm. and the way that. Everyone, especially women, feel about this situation. Do you mind if I start off with a quick run through? Go into okay, it. so let's give the quick run through. About last Thursday, the start of last Thursday, there was a docuseries that appeared on Lifetime called Surviving R. Kelly, which chronicling the last 20 years of his allegations according to sexual assault, statutory rape, child abuse. Uh, sexual deviancy, as you will, um, having running a sex cult, things that aren't exactly, let's say, friendly around here. That's the best, that's the cleanest word I could say. That's, it's not exactly fan-friendly. Pretty derogatory for the culture that we live in nowadays. Yes, sir. And 
it has brought a complete tidal wave of backlash, of emotions running high. Social media has been divided on this. There's a lot of women against men, women against women. It's been a complete like storm. And it's gone on for about, as I say, almost a week. Well, very much a week now. Mm-hmm. Since the whole doc series has been aired, and it's still an ongoing debate about what is considered to be a crime and what's considered not to be a crime. Can I just say this one what's thing up? as you're saying that? He hits on something that I just want to just state for the record. Although we're going through this R. Kelly situation on social media, and some people may be triggered mm-hmm. by what sexual abuse is and you know something that might happen to you, one thing that I need everyone to understand... Do not let a situation divide us as a people. Right. Do not feel that because people may have different opinions that's not yours, mm-hmm. because they may not have lived through the perspective that you have, right. don't make that seem as though that person is now your enemy. Right. We are still in this together as melanated people. We're still in this together as children of this earth, okay? So the only way that we can get past this is by understanding all perspectives. Because so it has don't been, because it, it has been kind of disheartening that we have seen friendships being ruined and people have been unfriending each other or blocking each other on social media because opinions can't be shared amicably. So we're hoping that by discussing this tonight, we can bring some awareness and some maybe hopefully some unresolved issues and understanding about this whole situation. And the one thing that we got to. We're, we're preaching this to you, and this has to happen, especially yes. when you're dealing with the brothers. Respect. Respect for everybody's opinion. Yes. You can have a difference of opinion, and I'm talking about if you leave a comment. Yeah. But please be respectful to everyone that's in, the, in, in, in these comment sections. Yes. Be respectful to women's, and most importantly, be respectful to yourself. Right. Okay? So, with that being said, bro, let's just dive, dive, dive into this. Man. So, let's dive into this. Now, we know the story. We know the history behind R. Kelly, especially people who live in Chicago. Us in particular, we've been in Chicago. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to discuss more so right now the, I guess you could say, the emotional impact it's had. Okay. The topic of rape in any aspect, which is actually, you know what, I'm going to be very honest about you. And I know this might seem like, you know, I probably didn't say nothing about this before. But a couple of weeks ago... When I was thinking about doing a topic for the next episode, actually, the con- that topic was rape. And I felt like I feel like it was something we had to discuss. We just never, it was something that was a little bit, you know, risky, but we never really discussed it fully on all of our time being on the Brothers Podcast. But it's definitely a thing in black culture and the black community. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like almost perfect timing that the R. Kelly, Surviving R. Kelly docuseries was unveiled and, and came out. Because... The concept of rape is a very, very traumatic and emotionally charged topic. Definitely. It has brought brought a lot of bad energy to people's lives, people's livelihoods, their interactions with other people. It's a traumatic event to happen to people. And that's one of the things that you are actually experiencing on a subconscious level. You have multiple people that's tuning in to this one event and they're bringing the emotional energy of maybe their past traumatic experiences dealing with sex. So this is charging and you have to be aware of the energy 
that is not only in social media, but the energy that you may have dealing with your personal experience. Right. So a lot of the things that's going on is we, we can't necessarily say it's objective. Uh, it's it's emotional. Yeah. And one thing that we have to do, we have to stress, we understand the emotion emotionality of the situation. Right. It's not it's not don't get us wrong. It is no problem with reacting emotions. It's, we would all react emotionally to this. Mm-hmm. But we cannot let emotion cloud logic here. Right. Which I think there's a lot of things that are being misconstrued about this whole situation with R. Kelly. Now, from a morality standpoint, I would say on my end, I would, we could probably agree with me too. On a morality standpoint, it was wrong. What R. Kelly has done over the last 20 years is just wrong. We know the history. It is disgusting. It is destructive to the black community. It is just an, an unnecessary thing that has to be done. Mm-hmm. Well, what he has done. I'm sorry. It has, not has to be done. What he has done. And speaking of what he's done, let's technically look at exactly what he has done for the past let's say 25 years. And I'm about to just read off a list of the uh, indictments um, and also the uh, lawsuits that he's had. So uh, one of the first ones that you know about, R. Kelly married Aaliyah in 1994 for six months. So in between 1994, August and 1995 of February, she was only 15 years old and he put her as being 18 years old. So he basically doctored the files in order for him to marry her. Mm. That's one thing he did. Uh, Tiffany Hawkins sued R. Kelly personal for personal injury and emotional distress in 1996. She was 15 years old when the relationship started. In 2001, he was sued by Tracy Simpson, accusing him of inducing her into indecent sexual relationships. She was 17. In 2002, he was sued for asking a woman to have an abortion. Uh, 2002 also, he was indicted by the state's attorney uh, for 21 counts of child pornography. The charges was dropped because the woman inside of the video said that it was not her. Uh, In 2019, right now, state's attorney Kim Fox is asking for accusers to step forward in order to come with any type of information that R. Kelly has done to him, whether past, present, and dealing with the statute of limitations, so they can build the case in order to prosecute him. Okay? Now, the reason why they have to build the case, and um, a lot of the things that people often ask is, well, if they have all this information, and if they, you know, you have all these people have come on Lifetime and have gave their opinions, why don't you have enough information to convict R. Kelly of some type of statutory rape? Because we're dealing with people in 15, 16, 17-year-olds. So isn't that statutory rape? Now, I'm going to pull up some, and I'm going to let my man talk for a little bit while I pull up this so I can let you understand on a legal basis of why R. Kelly has not went to jail yet. So I'm going to pull this up while my man Okay, because basically right now, if you don't understand what's going on, I think, what, yesterday, uh, Cook County DA Kim Fox went on record saying that they're going to launch a thorough investigation into the allegations that were stemming from this docuseries about R. Kelly. 
Um, she's been requesting to ask anyone who has have information about the situation to step forward. And she's not the only DA. The Atlanta DA down there has also announced that they're launching a thorough investigation. I think the Los Angeles DA as well. Is, so basically everybody's coming to crack down on what the situation holds. However, for that to happen, for people to understand what's going to happen, or what's about to happen, we have to have a complete understanding of the law. So that's what Mr. Bridges has been research, pulling up at this point right now. Um, right. And I'm about to say exactly what this is, but I'm about to uh, hit a comment that uh, Michael Johnson actually said, actually my cousin, uh, he asks, how can somebody be convicted and accused of asking someone to have an abortion? So the actual words that was used was he coerced a woman into having an abortion, which could technically mean that he insisted or it can mean that he really emphasized that she needs to have an abortion. And the woman sued him for feeling like she was being threatened to have an abortion. Mm -hmm. So that's how it can happen. It's, it's all about words. It's all about legality where you can get sued for basically anything. If you've ever heard this, um, it's a saying that a lot of prosecutors say you can indict a ham sandwich. And it's true. It's that's an actual saying because it doesn't take too much to put somebody in indictment charges. Mm -hmm. So what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to read to you all, according to the state of Illinois, statutory rape charges and how and what are the ramifications of statutory rape in the state of Illinois. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of people wonder, why isn't R. Kelly going down for statutory of rape? Yeah. These were little girls. Yes, well, I'm gonna read some things to you so you can get a broader and a better understanding of why. Now, there are four to five sections of how the state of Illinois breaks down statute, uh, statutory rape. Mm -hmm. The one thing I have to say before that is the actual legal age in the state of Illinois is not 18, it's 17. So the one thing we have to understand is you got to understand legal Legal legality in, in general. In fact, that was even mentioned in the docuseries. I think that was episode four of the docuseries mentioned the fact that R. Kelly could not be prosecuted because the young girl that the mother was trying to retrieve was of the legal age of 17. Now, I'm about to read off and I want you to really listen into what I'm saying. What you need to prove in order for statutory rape to happen or you to be convicted of statutory rape in the state of Illinois. Mm -hmm. Number one. Aggravated sexual assault for a sexual, or I'm sorry, let me start that over. Aggravated sexual assault for sexual penetration by an offender under age 17 with the victim under the age of nine. Now, just reading off that at first, what do you think about that as far as dealing with R. Kelly? Do you think you can convict him of that? No, you couldn't. The reason you can't is because it said... The offender has to be under, under the, the age, age of, of 17. No, no. Oh, so the offender, yes. The offender right. has to be under the age, age of 17, 17, and the victim has to be under the age of 9. Right. That's just one statute under the statutory rape laws of Illinois. Mm -hmm. So you can't convict them of that one. Number two, predatory criminal sexual assault of a child for sexual penetration by an offender age 17 or older and a victim under 13. So when you think about that, 
R. Kelly, although he was over the age of 17, mm-hmm. the people that are coming to trial or the people that they want to try to convict them of, if they can prove it, was all over the age of 13. And this is according to Illinois state law. This isn't anybody making any type of, you know, guess or any type of opinion. This is what Illinois state law, ILCS 720, statutory rape law codes say. It's a simple Google. You can search it for yourselves. We're not making this up whatsoever. Yeah. So the next one, criminal sexual abuse is sexual penetration with one, an offender under the age 17, and a victim between age 9 and 17. Once again, the reason why they can't convict them of statutory mm-hmm. rape in that is because R. Kelly was over the age of 17. 17. All right, the next part of it, because it has two parts to it. A victim between age 13 and 17 and an offender less than five years older. Now that, in hindsight, is what we talked about earlier. was called the Romeo and Juliet effect. Right, right, right. Because basically, depending on the case of statutory rape, it's basing on the age gap. So basically how to describe it, when you're in high school and let's say a freshman or a sophomore girl dates a senior or a junior and she might be 14 and 15 and he might be 17 and 18. Uh, Romeo and Juliet law says that if you're in the boundaries of the teenage limit, Mm -hmm. then although it could be considered technically statutory rape, they're not (laughs) going to actually throw the book at you because of it. That's what the Romeo and Juliet law is. So the one thing that you have to understand, but what I just read, and I'm gonna read it one more time, a victim between the age of 13 and 17 and an offender less than five years old, five years older than her. People wonder why he couldn't get convicted of the Aaliyah thing. But Aaliyah was 15, but he was more than five years older than her. Right. Okay? So, technically, he can't be convicted of statutory rape as far as legally is concerning. And we're doing this so we can just clear up why he isn't in prison because of these charges yet. Right. This is the last one. Aggravated criminal sexual abuse is sexual penetration with a victim between the age of 13 and 17 by an offender at least five years older. Five years older. Five years older. Now, that may be the only law, I believe, that can actually indict R. Kelly, get R. Kelly indicted on. Right, right. That's right. the one law that, may, that they can charge him with. This is the one law that they could charge him with. But, and this is something that we have to understand, we have to understand what legality is and legalese is. The key words in this is aggravated criminal sexual abuse. Mm -hmm. And that's an actual law. That's a crime. So when you break down and when you find out what aggravated criminal sexual abuse is, that is to be forced with some type of object, whether it is a threat or a actual object, in order to have sex with a minor. Okay? Yeah. So, although we do consider what he did was immoral, and it was. Yes. We don't condone anything that R. Kelly no, did. No. What we're addressing is why isn't he in jail and why is it so hard to convict him of this situation? And the reason is because although... The women that were talking in the series and although the women that were in the past, because we all known about this before the lifetime happened, even though it's emotionally charged and even though you look at him as the scum of the earth right now, technically, by the women's words that came out 
he never forcibly, according to law, made them have sex with him, and he never threatened them with any type of object, whether it be words and telling them that he's going to do something with them if they don't have sex, or be some type of instrument, whether it be a knife, gun, or some type of bat. So what we're saying right here is, if you ever wondered why they can't convict him or he hasn't been convicted, it's simply because legally, in Illinois laws, and in a lot of laws around the country, mm-hmm. these laws are not pertaining to exactly what's going on. So you have to understand that this has more facets and more paradigms than just emotions. If you really want to make a change of this uh, situation of older men being with younger women, especially 14, 15, 16, you have to tackle it from a legal standpoint. Instead of saying that people are the scums of the earth, if you really want change to happen, you have to attack it where it really counts. And that's getting inside of your Congress and appealing some of these laws that allow people in order to get away with these things according to loopholes. Because these, though you know these laws he stated right now, there are several loopholes that we pointed out. Because the first three laws he mentioned were laws that technically and legally you can't indict R. Kelly on. Even though we find that unfortunate, those are the laws. There's nothing you can do to adjust to other than, like he said, going to con- going to Congress, putting people in Congress that can amend these laws. Because otherwise, stuff like this is going to continue. Right. Now, I know people are saying that, well, there's also parts of the stories where the girls who were claiming R. Kelly assaulted them. May have struck them a couple of times. May have starved them as well. And unfortunately, to bring that up, and this is the sad part about this, even though there might be some truth, the problem with that is, is that in my, in from what you, your general terms is, you have to be able to legally prove that. Right. If you could go on a witness stand and say that, you have to be able to prove it. Because if you can't prove it, it's just considered to be hearsay according to law. Exactly. So that part is going to get thrown out in a courtroom anyway because there's no legal proof of that. Right. And what now they're trying to do is because a lot of the cases that you may feel that has happened in the past that you say they had him dead to rights on, especially when it was a 14-year-old girl that he urinated on in a tape. They have him dead to rights. Everybody know he tried to say, and y'all heard it on Lifetime, that it was his brother. Yeah. Everybody know that it wasn't his brother. I remember a joke they used to say that one R. Kelly, that was Avant. I, yeah, all that, was, that type was, of stuff that they used to say. It was a bunch. Everyone knows that it was R. Kelly. But the reason why they can't convict him of any crime is because whether R. Kelly did it, whether it was his camp, the people that said that the girl was in the tape originally came back and said that it was not her right. in the tape. Right. So that's why technically, even though child pornography was a crime that they could have got R. Kelly in, the witness did not comply. Did not comply. And there are a lot of reasons why people say the witness didn't comply. Number one, they say that it wasn't the girl. Objectively speaking, okay, whatever. You got something to say about Number that? I got one. Oh, okay. oh you got it. You got okay. It. Number two, a lot of people are assuming that this the girl and her family were bought, paid for their silence in order to not testify in court. 
right. which could be, which is most, probably the most common accusation of this whole of this whole situation, as far as that child pornography case. Right. Um, you got one? No, because I'm looking back on his uh, court his court cases, and a lot of the cases that he was sued for, especially one that was dealing with the abortion, a lot of times it was settled out of court because he was paying people off. And so, which leads me to a situation that I have to, I I really want to get the perspective of of everyone here and you. I want to know, when it comes to moral law, Uh at what point do you trade in your integrity for currency? I really want to know that because a lot of the reasons why this man has committed actual criminal offenses and can't be locked up is because a lot of the alleged victims traded in their testimony in order to receive some type of monetary compensation. And it was not only dealing with the victim, but it was actually dealing with the victim's parents because you got to understand that these people were technically minors. So what what point do money is not enough for you to trade in the virtue of your child? And I think that's what the really big argument about this whole situation is about whether or not we can... Almost it's almost unfortunate to say this, but the ruling of consent is being almost thrown out because it's not about monetary compensation. Com- monetary compensation is basically overruled consent. Like, basically, the way is, well, the right price, you're willing to do anything. Right. And that's morally unjust, but that is unfortunately a situation that we have come across many a times in our lives. Mm-hmm. Many a times we've seen, we've heard the stories, we've bared witness, we know about this. This is not something that's uncommon. Especially when it comes to now, immorally, but from what the parents' standpoint is, taking money for R. Kelly to have sex with their, these daughters, yeah, that's morally unjust, as black of a better well, part of my language. It's unjust as fuck. Mm-hmm. It's disgusting. But you can't just say R. Kelly is responsible for this because now you got to put that on the scope of the parents. Because the parents are the ones that also basically sold their children to a sexual predator. And I know that might sound like a harsh word to say, Mm -hmm. but it is exactly what it is. Sold. They sold. They sold their children. They sold their children's integrity. They sold their children's virtue. And they sold their children's future dignity for a minor compensation that they probably don't even have today. So one thing that we have to understand, this is not just a unilateral type of issue, meaning that it's only just R. Kelly is a monster, lock R. Kelly up, throw away the key. This has many multi-dimensional facets to it that you got to understand. It's a responsibility of the parents. Mm-hmm. It's the responsibility of the alleged cops that were being paid off so they would tip R. Kelly off uh, when there were uh, wellness tests so he can get the little girls out of there. There is responsibility around the board. And what would you guys say? Even the teachers that were going around from the schools he used to pay, from Kenwood to out there in Olympia Fields, there were teachers that were bearing witness to this 
and did absolutely nothing about this. There were teachers that was actually in Kenwood High School that saw this. Yes. And may not have said it's okay, but passively acquiesced to what was going on. Yes. Even the the sweet little lady that I saw that the, he was a music teacher. Yes. Knew wholeheartedly what was going on as far as R. Kelly being an adult and coming back to Kenwood and picking up. And I know the McDonald's she's talking about. Yeah. You know the McDonald's on Lake Park near Kenwood? Oh, yeah. Okay. She knew, most of the teachers knew, because at this point, R. Kelly was an international sensation. Yes. This is when 12 Play was dropping. Okay, so all of this speaks to a bigger issue. We cannot keep sweeping up a dysfunctional culture that is not just in the black community, but because we are black people speaking. We're going to talk about this culture that we're living in. Okay, to address the comment that Chris Brown says, he says, because there's multiple people responsible, does that make R. Kelly less responsible? You got it? Again, Again, we never said that makes anyone more or less responsible. We're saying that there are other people involved in this. Does that make R. Kelly less responsible? Absolutely not. But the one thing that I just said... We are thinking in a unilateral way, yeah. meaning we're only thinking about one. R. Kelly is wrong. R. Kelly is wrong. Whoever yeah. said that R. Kelly was right? Nobody in here has yet to even utter the sentence that R. Kelly was right or has any type of validation for what R. Kelly has done. And never will. Yeah. But the one thing that I just need to happen, not only for right now, but for yeah. my future children and yeah. my children coming up, let's try to solve the problem of the culture yes. that caused this, this situation to happen in the first place. Because let's be realistic out here. Even with this R. Kelly situation, this is not an uncommon thing that happens in the black community. This is a very almost normal thing that happens in the black community. As sick as this sounds, it's a normal thing. Is it's inexcusable, but this is what happens. And let's take a little bit of a history lesson from what we learned in the docuseries about R. Kelly. Right. People say he's a sexual predator, he's a sexual deviant, and it stems from a history of being abused. Right. As you know from the story, his sister sexually abused him as a child. Right. Cyclical. This is C cyclical. It's cyclical. It's a cycle. Yes. And not only the not, not only think about that is that not only are you realizing that this is another grown woman at this time sexually abusing a child, this is someone in your own family, a sibling. That's incest as long as well, obviously rape. So it's a very gross and unnecessary thing. And that's and let's be realistic here. You've heard the horror stories, but you know for a fact. That this is not an uncommon thing to hear about. You've heard this before. You've heard about the the dirty uh, molester uncle that everybody had, seems to have in the fan. And we call him Chester the Molester. We have normalized yeah. something that is completely and utterly disgusting inside of a family. Right. You've heard of the ratchet auntie that hangs around, the little un the, has always the little younger boy around her. And you know what we tend to call it? What? A cougar. A cougar. So this is not something that is uncommon. And let's not pretend that it's uncommon. It's still sick, but it's not uncommon. Don't put a decadent veil over your eyes because you feel that the energy you can get off by just 
giving all of your blame to R. Kelly will relieve something that may have happened to you. You have to have accountability of the whole situation. At some points, although we know R. Kelly is, it was disgusting, it was wrong. You do understand that this is starting to become a little bit of what you call escapism or scapegoating. You can't just put everything on one situation because as a culture, this has been happening for a long time. And as irresponsible as what R. Kelly did and him being a grown man and we all bear witness to that, when did this happen? When did this happen? This started off when we were teenagers. When did you know about this? Well, we were all teenagers. When in high school, basically. Okay, I'll say for instance, we knew about it in high school but that's not necessarily saying that that's where it started. This started could have started way back before we even touched high school. Right. So this is a long stem of history. For what we know and what the documentation is, this is about 20 years worth of this cycle that we are aware of. We're talking about from what they say, 1991 to mm-hmm. 2000 and now. Right. This has been going on for a long time, decades. Yes. Of you. You, the people that are looking on right now, me, yeah. you, yeah. everyone, Jeremy, yeah. everyone, yes. knowing exactly what was going on. Mm-hmm. So don't just put the responsibility on, I'm, and, and, and I want to phrase this correctly, R. Kelly was the person who did this. But if you know that a child is being molested and you turn the blind eye to it, although the person that's molesting it is the primary source that's wrong. At some point, you have to take a small, if you want to call that, minute accountability or responsibility of the fact that your part in it was allowing this situation to be normalized. Because although you weren't a part of it, you know that you allowed the culture Mm -hmm. of what was happening to be normalized. And I will put it this way. Removing a predator out of the situation does not change the cycle. In fact, all it does is will wait is putting in the process in of once another predator to come in and step in. So even if you removed R. Kelly, what's to say that's going to stop the cycle? All it takes is for another person to come in or another famous celebrity or even someone with a lot of power and a lot of money to jump right in the situation and keep the cycle going. Because a lot of people can be bought. The silence can be bought. Right. We've made that loud and clear the distinction with this R. Kelly case. Silence can be bought. Money and people's ulterior motives can play a factor in it. There's a lot of factors that can play into something like this to keep on going for generations and generations. Darrell, thank you for praising that. Silence, silence is, is compliance. compliance. That's literally what it is. And these people, all the people involved, from the parents, the teachers, the Chicago PD that was involved... All of them were compliant. And even some of the women in the docu-series who told the stories, the witnesses of this, uh, mm-hmm. Javante Adams, whatever, I mean, whatever the... the, the Javante, let's call it Javante. Javante, the uh, backup singer who alleged that she's witnessed R. Kelly having sex with Aaliyah in the tour bus, said nothing mm-hmm. until now. Sparkle. Uh, the young, the young lady's, the niece, his niece, her niece was in that sex tape. Right. Allegedly, that is in that sex tape. She was silent for a good portion. 
Let's talk about Andrea Kelly. Before, His, before you hit Andrea Kelly's back, back up okay, to back Sparkle. Up. Because not only was Sparkle, although she did say that she was a little distraught about the fact that she saw her 14-year-old niece in there when she wasn't there. Right. In 2019, after surviving R. Kelly, it just premiered and 1.9 million people viewed it. She dropped her own single. Yes. To build off of the energy of tragedy. Yes. So at some point you have to be accountable for the fact of your motives mm-hmm. and if they're sincere or not. It's okay. almost feels like extortion. Exactly. And this is literally extortion. I mean, yes, we know R. Kelly dropped a single for what I've gathered was what, four days before the docuseries dropped, but we was aware that this docuseries was coming out by a time. So we already know that R. Kelly as well was trying to capitalize off this in some way, shape, or form. I think you was about to talk about Andrea Kelly. Let's talk about Andrea Kelly. Andrea Kelly, who was his ex-wife of about 20 years or so, mm-hmm. so she was around for a good majority of all these crimes, these supposed crimes that were taking place. She was, for what I've gathered, was also alleged victim of this of the situation for twenty years. Well, she she wasn't underage. She wasn't. She underage. wasn't underage. She By wasn't. the time they were married, she was no longer underage. For twenty years, she was a witness. Some people even say she was an accomplice to this. Mm. Um, she had four children, I believe, with R. Kelly. How many children does she have? I'm not sure how many children, but... So, but, but from what number I've heard children. before, I'm wrong, please correct me on this, but from what I've gathered, it was four children. She's had four children with R. Kelly for all these years. And she was fully aware of his pattern of sexual deviancy, because I'm calling it deviancy. Yeah. Okay, That's a good sexual word, deviancy when it came to minors and still said nothing. Actually, said, did say something. She said yes. I do. Well. I do. And that's literally what happened. She took that and she knew about it and was still willing to bury this man. And spent a good portion of her life with this man. Until it was time to get divorced. So you also have to look at the pattern of what the, her intent was. Because to claim to be a victim is almost inappropriate that's a good word for it. In her side. In it's, her, it's inappropriate. It's almost inappropriate in her case. Because, and it's not to say, oh, it sounds like you're victim blaming. It's not. It's called accountability. Yes. It's literally all it's called is accountability. Andrea Kelly had knowledge, thorough knowledge, and said nothing for 20 years. It's apparently clear, even with the all she said in the docuseries, apparently clear that something kept her quiet. And I don't think it was her moral ground or her conflict conflict of interest. It sounded a lot like it was more so of a monetary situation. And you know, if and we don't we don't have to we don't have to BS around this. We're not going to be dissonant about this. Mm-hmm. We can't display cognitive dissonance about this. Because that's what's been used for the past 25 years. We can't display cognitive dissonance about this. You know the story. You saw it displayed on TV. There is really kind of no way to, other way to say it other than you want to say that this being a victim takes precedence. But can we consider Andrea Kelly a victim? 
To be honest. Not if you acquiesce to all of this. And no one's saying that bad things didn't happen to Andrea Kelly. And no one's saying that, um, I, I hear, it's, it's a term called Stockholm Syndrome. Meaning that someone can abuse you and because you grow some type of bond to them, whether it be a good bond or a bad bond, you actually look at them as your friend instead of someone that's doing damage to you. We can understand that also. But at some point, you have to look at the situation for what it is. Yes. You have to look at the situation for motives. <coughs> you have to look at what she said, how she reacted, what has been on social media. There, there's a conflict that's going on. Mm-hmm. And although there is a charge of the word rape that's floating around inside of this, and I understand it, yes. and I understand it. Um, but when you actually sit back Look at this in a vacuum. Objectively look at the situation and just make a, a um, let's say, a smart observation. If a woman is crying in a series and then a woman is giving a man praise in another section, you have to understand that although she might have both emotions, but there is something going on there that no one is talking about. And to just drive unilaterally that this situation needs to be only on one person is wrong. Because like my man said, okay, you get rid of R. Kelly. Throw him in jail for some reason. What happens now? The next person comes up and you... What about the culture that caused this? What about the facilitators, the security guards, the friends, the parents, the parents that knew that R. Kelly was like this because these charges have been out for the past 25 years? What happens to that culture? What happens to the pay over integrity culture? What happens to that? That's where the problem solving has to come in at. And if my man, if you, if you ain't got nothing, if you got uh, you know, something else to put with this, I want to change it to something that I want to address. Well, what the, culture. the one thing that I want to address is there is a culture that I think we need to just out front put up there. Mm-hmm. It's the culture on both sides. Yeah. Older men yeah. and young women in high school and this culture of these two people coming together and having relationships. And I believe this is a culture that most of us, some but not all, but I'm going to say most not all, have seen either with our own eyes or we have been a part of. Yeah. Because this is a prevalent culture that we need to eliminate. Yes. We need to eliminate this culture. And the only way you can do it is accountability on both ends, meaning the older men that's coming up there and the younger women that are cognitive of the fact that they like older men. We have to eliminate the culture Together, yes. all of it, yes. not just blame one person, not just say the man is 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 old enough to know better. He is and he should yes. not do it. But we have to take the culture together and just throw it all away, because this is one of the cultures that bred to R. Kelly doing this situation. And let's not ignore the fact that also, as I always say, the door swings the other way. Boom. So now we're also talking about the idea of older women. And younger men. You may see this on, a, on social media all the time. You hear how many stories have you heard of teachers in high school, on teachers in high school, or even in um, grade school, messing around with underage boys? I'm going to take it one step further. 
I don't know too many of my friends, and I'm not even joking or boasting when I say this, mm -hmm. that in some form, of, and I'm speaking to men, yeah. in some form or fashion, hasn't been coerced, like we like to say, by a older woman when they were teenagers yes. or even younger than that. But we will cons I being one of them. So am I. And it's, we have this actual feeling that, oh, because you're a man, it's cool. It's all right. It's almost considered it. like we're supposed to have this like a rite of passage. It's a systemic rite of passage for every man to have to go through this. You order to, it's almost like, you know, in our culture, it's kind of like, this is what brings the idea of toxic masculinity up front. All right. Because you're almost like you're being forced to give up your innocence, your sexual innocence in order to prove you're a man. Right. To prove that you're strong, to prove that you are going to be able to make it in this world as a man. And you got to listen to what he says, because this right here, what we're explaining, what he just said, is the breeding grounds right. that creates a monster that y'all like to call R. Kelly. Yeah. These are the breeding yes. grounds. Yes. This is the situation. So the next time you go to a high school and you see this. Uh, 2017 Impala that pops up with this dude that's 23, mm. and you know he ain't nobody's brother, yeah. nobody's cousin, ain't nobody's mentor or nothing. You know he is up there to pick up a younger woman in high school. You have to open your mouth up and you have to make the whole system aware at that high school that this cannot go on anymore. Let me elaborate that. You know what? It's not even like you just said before. It's not even so that means it's not just R. Kelly. You hear the stories all the time on social media as well about the ain't shit niggas. About the piece a piece of uh, a piece of shit nigga that goes out there and fucks multiple women. And I'm using this as the most blatant and vulgar term because that's what we hear. Mm. You know, men objectifying and just basically misusing and mistreating women for their own satisfaction. This type of history, this type of cycle breeds that energy. And we're not saying that's the only thing, but it's a very powerful thing mm -hmm. to give us a little insight of this situation. It's something that continues the cycle on and on and on and on and on. It almost makes it to a point where you're worried about when the next generation comes up. Right. So, it's not that we're making any excuses about this. It's absolutely not making any excuses about this. But we have to come to an understanding of this cycle exists. You have to put the cycle out in the open so people just, let's be aware. Let's stop acting like this doesn't happen. This ain't what it is. Mm -hmm. we, you got to be aware of it first. The, the, what do they say? If you're trying to get over a situation, you have to acknowledge it first. Mm -hmm. And you can't scapegoat it. You can't just make it about one person. Let's just make it about the whole culture. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times what happens is it's hard for you to really look in the mirror and see the part, whether it was indirectly or directly, you played into a vicious and monstrous situation. That is one of the hardest things you can possibly do. But if you truly want, and I mean this, if you truly want this to not happen, if you don't want older men Taking, a, taking advantage because the human mind is not fully developed until you're 25, actually. So if you don't want older men truly taking advantage of younger women in reverse, yeah. then you have to look at the culture and you have to start putting, implementing rules so this won't happen anymore. 
And you can't be complicit when you see these things happening in those small little details that uh, someone will give you. Like saying, I don't I only like older men with cars. Mm-hmm. When you hear a younger girl that's between 14 and 18 say those types of things, or oh, I like mature men. You have to start. If we're going to tackle this whole situation and try to problem solve it, you have to see that as the red signals, the red lights, because those are the indications that this girl maybe might be intrigued by this. But overall, this girl is leading to a situation that could be detrimental in the future. And that's being taken advantage of someone that is older. Right. Because honestly... Even though they, you can, some people can argue they have age, I don't believe that they have the emotional wherewithal or the common sense, the common sense logic of saying that this is a bad thing. Even though they're still considered in some legal facets as adults, they're still somewhat children. And, and one thing about that legal facet thing, people feel like, and this, this is, that's why you have to understand legality, people feel like 18 is when you're not a minor. But that's not even true in the United States. The minor thing varies from 16 to 18. People thought 18 was when you was a minor in Illinois. That's not true either. It's 17. But all of it still, your body and your brain has not caught up to the fact that you're an adult. Right. So minds are not developed yet. Right. And so emotional stability is not exactly that something that's common in a teenager. They don't have the wherewithal sometimes or the guile to understand what they consider this to be morally right or wrong. All they're looking about is being advantageous at this point. Mm. And for a predator like an R. Kelly, that's something they can take advantage of, being impressionable about this. Right. And it's one thing I've also... Are you have anything more to say at this part? Well, let's just keep going. Okay, well, there was also one thing I also noticed on social media. And that is, we always preach the word of accountability. And I say that because I've noticed a trend. And it's something you probably noticed as well. The ongoing conflict of social media. Of where do we stand about this situation? We know the arguments that come up between men and women about this whole social situation. But for what I've seen, and it's actually more surprising than I thought it would be, is there is conflict between women and other women mm-hmm. as far as how this approach, how can this be approached, or how this is perceived. Case in point, a couple of that's a night or two ago, there was a protest outside of R. Kelly's studio in Chicago. Mm-hmm. A rally, so to speak, that only presented 25 people for this rally. And a, they believe a good majority of those people who showed up for that rally were men. With mm-hmm. a good portion of women. You know women. what that reminds me of? That reminds me of in Oklahoma when that uh, Chinese guy slapped that black woman and a black man came out to support and say, shut down the Chinese place. Yeah. But then he made everything 50% off and it was a line of black women outside exactly. actually fighting the black man that was trying to protect them from this Chinese guy. Exactly. And let's go to something even more recent. Let's talk about what happened last night. Now, for those of you who weren't unaware, it's actually floating around the internet right now. R. Kelly was present at a club, Chicago club last night, a club that sold out because of his appearance, where 80% 
of the crowd that was in that club were women. The video is actually out on internet, on social media, on Facebook right now. I actually forwarded the link to a couple of people. One of the a good friends that I have gotten to know well is a Chicago police officer. Uh, shout out to Abasi Thompson. He's a Chicago, police, Chicago PD. I forwarded that to him and we witnessed this. So there were women in this club that were even chanting, take me hostage. Take me hostage. Take me hostage, Take me R. Hostage. Kelly. If there's a level of accountability that needs to be met, it has to start within the culture of, say, say to say, the women. Because at this point in time, it's that we need to be on the same page, but right now it's unfortunate that some, most women are not on the same page on this. Right. Because there's a lot of conflict about this, about whether or not the intent is. Just to segue off that, and like like you were saying, uh, for that 25 people that was out there, that was majority men. Do you understand if majority men come out there, that means that the men in their own way is trying to protect you as women? Do you understand that in their own way? So one thing that I hear on social media is, too, is that men, black men specifically, don't protect black women. I always hear that. But what I'm seeing is that when black men try to stand up for your integrity and who you are, you tend to, on your side, and this is just in these two situations, I'm not talking about as a whole, right. but in these two situations, you tend to go past the black men trying to protect you in order to do what was counterproductive, I'm sorry, counterproductive for you in the first place, mm -hmm. which is attend a radio or a club with a known sexual predator that right. is all over the TV. At some point, where is the accountability going to take place at? When is someone going to say, wait a minute, now... I can try to help you as best as possible, but at some point, as a whole, you have to try to help yourself. You have to take responsibility for the fact that if you're going to have men that's going to go all in for you, because I'm a black man, right. and if you know me, one thing about my personality is I'm very protective, and I go hard, and I, I, don't, I don't allow certain shit to, to happen around me, right. especially when it deals with black women. But if you're going to have black men that's going to stand up for you, your responsibility is to accept that and to lock hands with those people so they can help you, because helping you is helping all of us. Right. You, can't, you can't put them in the fire by you going against the help to side on the side that you're telling people that black men are not protecting you. Right. It can't happen. Because now you're causing a greater divide than what there really has to be. Because already a divide now. Yes. But it's only going to make it worse because it's almost now it sounds disingenuous and hypocritical. Right. So where are we going to draw the line? You want, it's almost like you said, basically, to be layman's terms and blatant. You're asking us to protect you, but then you don't want our protection. Right. So basically, you're saying our protection is only circumstantial. Hmm. Where does the line get drawn? Like, we want to help you. You want me to protect you from... We want to protect you. You want me to protect you from the culture of the R. Kelly's happening. Hmm. But it, this is what I will say. What's he saying? Yeah, appreciate the protector. Exactly. You want me to protect you from the culture that R. Kelly is presenting to you. If I tell you, listen, don't go to that club 
I know the dude's up there. I don't want you over there. You have to look at that as coming from love. If I tell you, listen, you're going to 35th Beach, Rainbow, it's 90 degrees, don't put on that bikini. I know what happens like that. A lot of times we kind of throw that and make that into being either not protective, but being controlling. Yeah, authoritative. Authoritative, jealous. You have to understand if I truly care about you, I know I'm going to turn off my man brain that signals sexual urge, and I'm going to tell you the game. And a part of the game, when you see a man get mad at the fact of what you're doing that could put you in harm, is for you to understand that he's coming from a place of love and protection at that point. Think about it this way. Do you think a man who has been affiliated with you on a romantic, on an emotional, on a friendship friendship or a financial level with you would tell you this? Under the guise of only just trying to control you. Controlling you is not even in the, in the mindset. If they care about your well-being enough, wouldn't you not want someone to tell you that? Right. It's not really... It's not really something that we're tr- it's trying to be a subliminal message behind this. This is what it is. And we live it because we are grown-ass black men heterosexual, straight, grown-ass black men that understand when looking at beautiful women what happens with a grown-ass, straight black man. And you know why? Because we have seen it firsthand. And we felt it. We have felt it firsthand. And we know what is being thought. Yes. And we're trying to protect you. What does this mean? How does this entail what we're talking about with R. Kelly? When you have grown black men at protests saying stop this bullshit like what happened outside of R. Kelly's studio Mm -hmm. and you decide to go against that or circumvent that and show up to a club and sell the club out and talk about take me for hostage. That's how it pertains to what we're talking about. Understand what the protection and how the protection is happening because there's not one girlfriend that I know me having girls as friends that if they got in a situation and they needed me, that I wouldn't be on somebody's ass about. But at the same time, if I'm on their ass, you got to have my back. Right. And think about what I just said as a microcosm for if we're trying to protect you as black women, you have to listen to what we're trying to say because we know the game. We've lived it. We've seen it. And we're in it right now. Yes. So take that type of protection. But there is one thing about what we're saying right now that does... That actually saddens me a little bit. And it's an unfortunate thing. It's that this is, at some point, this is going to look a lot like, from a woman's, uh, I guess you could say, a very endearing and empowered, strong, strong black woman, is that we're victim blaming. It's an unfortunate thing that is going to be presented by this. There's almost no way we can get around it. There's always going to be an argument that we're that this sounds like victim blaming. Because in essence, I feel like women are looking at this as if we're trying to take away their right of individuality. Yeah, individual independence. Independence. And it's not even the case, but it's going to be perceived that way. Right. So it's almost kind of disheartening that we have to say this. Like, I thought at some point that we have evolved as a culture that we shouldn't have to have this type of a discussion or even this type of argument or have this type of scenario. Mm-hmm. But it's situations like this that show us that there's still a very prevalent 
well-known problem in the black community. Mm-hmm. And a, one, a, friend, a good friend of mine said that village mentality died a long time ago. And that village mentality was what kept a lot of black folks united back in the day. And out of trouble, out of harm's out way. Out of trouble. That's how we prospered. We don't have that anymore. And this is why we're in the situation we are now. This is why we're in a situation where we have situations like R. Kelly. Mm-hmm. Like, I can, on a personal standpoint, let me be real, I can go on and on about the docuseries and the presentation and the Me Too movement and Time's Up movement and how this so on and so forth. And I'm a, I can go on and on and on. And I'm going to just go say it out there. You want to argue me about me on a, pre, on a free time? Then go ahead. But I personally find all those movies disingenuous. To a T, they're disingenuous. This 